Hi, I'm Elizabeth Benoist, and you're listening to Supergirl Radio. Supergirl Radio, your source for all things related to the CW Supergirl TV series and the character of Kara Zor-El. My name is Rebecca Johnson. I'm Carly Lane. I'm Morgan Glennon. And for this episode of the podcast, we are kind of having a mini Supergirl Radio The Legends of Tomorrow podcast crossover, although we kind of do that every week anyway, because Morgan, <laughs> you're, you're part of both shows. But we are going to have a, a mini crossover uh, because we are joined by Kat Kalamia of The Legends of Tomorrow podcast to discuss the season two episode of the show titled Luther's. So welcome back to Supergirl Radio, Kat. It's, it's going to be fun to talk about Supergirl with you. Thank you. I'm so excited. I think this is the first episode I've talked about. Like, I've done the off-season stuff, so this is going to be exciting. Right. We we had you on f- to talk about Many Happy Returns, which is uh, a comic. So, uh, we, but that was a long time. That feels like a long, long time ago. So, yeah. Too we are, long. Too long. Too long. So, um, yeah, we're going to actually talk about Supergirl episode stuff. So, very exciting. Um, and since we don't have any news, which is a rare thing around these parts, um, we're just going to get straight into the discussion. So we're going to be talking about the season two episode of Supergirl titled Luther's. And here is the official description. Quote, after Metallo breaks out of prison and frees Lillian Luther, the police blame Lena for his escape and arrest her. Despite overwhelming evidence, Kara refuses to believe her friend is guilty and fights to clear Lena's name. Flashbacks reveal how Lena came to be a Luther. Meanwhile, Alex introduces Maggie to the gang, unquote. And uh, I think we should point out, because uh, this was a little misleading to some people, <laughs> and, and to us, I think, as well, um, that the description for this episode changed. I think the CW might have gotten some things crossed with their episodes. So originally, this episode description said, Quote, meanwhile, Alex and Maggie celebrate their first Valentine's Day together. And then they changed it to, meanwhile, Alex introduces Maggie to the gang. So if you were looking forward to the first Valentine's Day uh, celebration between Alex and Maggie, that's apparently next episode, not this episode. So I wanted to make that correction so that people were not freaking out about missing that. Why would you have the Valentine's Day episode a day before Valentine's Day when you could have it a week after? Because that makes sense. That's the reason. (laughs) I mean, technically, I mean, really, if you love someone, Valentine's Day should be every day. So it shouldn't matter. Oh, snap. (laughs) It shouldn't matter what day it is. If we want to get technical, it looks like next week's episode is going to pick up right after this week. So even though we have to wait a week, for it you could probably be like well it's technically the next day right i guess i don't know it's it's all it's all connected it's all connected (laughs) 
I think we should first start talking about Lena because we hadn't seen Lena in a while and we finally got some good stuff for Lena Luther in this episode. So, um, Kat, since you are our guest and we haven't heard you talk about Lena or or what you like about her this season as she's been introduced, um, what did you think about Lena in this episode? I mean, I love Lena. I think she's such an interesting character because we, we don't really know what direction she's going to go. We don't know if she's going to be like Lex or if she's going to be kind of her own type character with uh, being good or evil. And and this episode really uh, delves into that where we we see Kara really want to stick up for her friend and, and she wants to be caring for Lena. And, and there's so many uh, things that show, yeah, Lena's a good person, but is she playing the long haul? Because she picks up the, the, the chess piece and it's like, maybe she's just playing a game of chess with Kara. Maybe she's not a good person. But at the same time, maybe she is. Like, we don't know. And that's so interesting. And then um, Melissa and, and the actor who plays uh, Lena have such great chemistry that, like, every single scene they're in, you, it just, it's so great. So, yeah, I, I love her character. And this was such a good episode for her. Oh, yeah. Love me some Katie McGrath. Um, Carly, what did you think about Lena in this episode? I have a suspicion, just personally, that Katie McGrath is totally playing Lena as having a crush on Kara, by the way. <laughs> I think <laughs> so, yes, right? I, I, I almost died at the end of the episode when, when Kara was like, there's so many flowers in my office. And I was like, damn, girl, Lena, be less thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I don't know if that's an entirely friendly gesture. Like, I don't know if, if, I, if I had a, like, a, a, a girlfriend that would be like, oh, you got me out of a jam. Let me fill your office with flowers. Yeah. <laughs> it was just funny to me. Um, but I love their friendship and I I love Katie McGrath um so much. So I'm always really happy when she's back on my screen. I think in the past the show has led the audience to believe that she was a fully adopted, right? Mm-hmm. And in this episode we get the reveal that she's actually Lex's half sister. Because they have the same dad. But then we also learn the reason that she and Lillian, there's so much frostiness between them, (laughs) is that she is the product of infidelity because her dad, Lionel, had an affair with another woman after, I guess, Lex was born. So now you kind of understand why there's tension there. Um, I I made the comment on Twitter that it's, it's very much like a uh, Catelyn Stark, Jon Snow situation for people that oh, watch snap. <laughs> where it's like, you know, the, 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 the wife and the mother like resents the child of infidelity from their husband or whatever. Um, even though people that watch game of Thrones know that that may not be entirely accurate anymore. Spoilers. Um, <laughs> but I, I love the, the interplay between Lena and Lillian there's just Lillian's so diabolical. And for a minute, like I didn't believe her for a second when she, when Lena went to visit her in prison and she was like, we Luther women have to stick together. It's like, you're full <laughs> of it. You're full of it, lady. And, you know, and then you realize that part of her manipulation is because she needs Lena's DNA <laughs> open. There's some, she needed her to open something. I can't remember what it was. It was, a, it was the vault of all the, uh, Lex Luther goodies, the, the war suit. And the, mm-hmm. Was it like a biometric signature or something? Yes. Oh, yeah. So, which then I was like, so Lillian's technically, I guess because Lillian's not, a, she's a Luther by marriage, not by blood. So that would make sense. I had to think about that. I was like, why does she need Lena anyway? 
But I guess if Lex coded it to like, who knows? Maybe I'm Which is weird because like his DNA comes from his mom too. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I thought the same thing. I was like thinking too much about it. I don't know. I was like, maybe it's maybe it's from the paternal side. Who knows? Maybe, Maybe Lex has some like some issues with his mom. He's like, F yes. you, mom, as he right. cries it in. <laughs> he does. No, like maybe he does have mommy issues, not just as a joke, but like maybe there's some kind of weird thing that we don't know about and he was trying to keep stuff hidden from her. Who knows? He has but- issues in general. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> many, many that. issues. Um, they, there was that one scene though where they go to like Lex's bunker and Lillian makes that comment where she's like, oh, Lex, you finished it. But we never see what she's talking about, right? So I wonder if that's going to resurface at any point, whatever Lex had finished. Yeah, we don't know what she was talking about, but we actually have a tweet in the listener feedback sec- uh, oh, section okay. that has a really oh. um, good speculation. Okay, so, we'll, so we can go get so to that if you we'll, want we'll, later. We'll, <laughs> we'll wait till, till towards the end of the episode to talk about that. <laughs> Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) We're doing like clickbait in our (laughs) (laughs) within the podcast. Within the podcast, Uh, it's not really clickbait though. I was just being silly. No, it's just a a heads up, little spoiler warning. Um, Morgan, what did you think about the Luthers in this episode, and and specifically Lena? Yeah, no, I loved her in this episode. I I, I love her in general. Uh, I think she's been so good this season. Uh, My only complaint about Lena is that we don't see more of her. Um, So it was so nice to have her back this week. And and, and I like that they're keeping her, like, really morally gray. Like, even within the episode, there's, like, a lot of people going, like, you can't trust her. And she does seem shady at times, especially at the end. But then... Kara trusts her so much and she does seem to like pull through a lot so I like the back and forth I know that there's you know at some point they might have to decide whether or not she's good or evil but I I would actually prefer that the show keep her like in the gray like the moral gray area so that you're always kind of guessing whether or not she's you know she's good or bad yeah, and I think the show addressed that in this episode. And I sort of thought Lillian, when she said this, I, I thought she was sort of talking to me a little bit. I was like, "Are you are you addressing me right now?" Um, she <laughs> says she says the public wants to believe the narrative that they that they expect from us that Luthers are evil and that we don't get second chances. And I was like, I guess I am that public that I do expect them <laughs> to be to be evil. Um, and, and part of me does want to believe that narrative. Part of me wants Lena to be evil. So um, I, I felt like they were really, like, pointing at me when she said that. And I, I like that they have they have a couple evil Luthers. So they've got Lillian, and then off screen, we know that Lex has gone, like, off the deep end. But um, on screen, we... Like, Sounds like he died, have- though. Like, the way they talk to him is like, yeah, we'll never see him again. <laughs> they're, they're like, we'll never see him again because we don't want to have to cast him. Exactly. <laughs> they're like, that is going to be a continuity nightmare. <laughs> uh, but, no, I, I like that they have Lillian as, like, the evil Luther. And I think that that gives – I think if just Lena was on the show – there would be so much pressure for her to be evil. Um, but I think that Lillian kind of takes some of that pressure off. Cause like Lillian can be like the, like 
super villain, like, wah-ha-ha, sorry, sorry, I'm going to leave my daughter here to get blown up by, uh, by like, kryptonite. <laughs> like, way harsh. She was right there. You basically jumped over her body. <laughs> she did, but didn't that, she? That, yeah, yeah. Uh, she, it would have been funnier if she had done, like, a little hop over Lena's body <laughs> and she ran out. Yeah, that was rough. She was she was uh, Lillian first in that scene. But I think that that like it gives it gives the show a little bit more room to have Lena be more ambiguous. And I think that that's for me at least that's more interesting to have her character be sort of straddling. Like I don't want Lena to be a hundred percent good, but I also don't want her to be a hundred percent evil. I think like where she is right now, where you're like, girl, what what are you thinking? Um, Besides sending Cara like a million flowers, that's clearly always what she's thinking. But uh, but I, I like that you're there's like a sort of like there's a mystery about her, and I think I would rather the show wait a little while to solve that one way or the other. Yeah, I think you make a good point because Lena is sort of in the middle of what is happening in Luther wise. She's in, she's in the midsection, and I thought it was really funny because Lena actually says to Lillian, she says. You're worse than Lex. And um, I was like, you know what? She might, Lillian just might be. And so the fact that Lena does have some sort of, you know, uh, morality scale, she does sort of see the good and the bad of what's going down. So I think that does kind of play into her being able to be a good guy every now and then. Um, But what I thought was really fascinating for me in this episode in regards to Lena is that you see little Lena who was completely adorable. Um, I was like, I want to see more of this little Lena because she's so cute. Um, she beat Lex at chess. And I was like, oh, oh, this there, there, this is something. Can we go back to this? I want to know more about how little Lena schooled Lex at chess. Because to me, that sends up, oh, she's good at manipulating. She's good at, you know, working the board. Um, so for me as a fan of villains, that really, that caught my attention. I was like, oh, could she be, you know, eventually if I, I would love to see Lena be able to manipulate pieces on the board throughout the season, if you will, because at the end of the episode, you see her pick up that chess piece in her office and sort of stare at it. So, um, I thought that was really interesting. So I, I can see the, you know, wanting to her to be kind of in that gray area, but I, w- I would love to see her be portrayed as smart and kind of conniving a little bit. And she could do that for good. But, uh, I, but I thought that was a very interesting look into the Lena character that she, she was good at chess and she was able to beat Lex. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was just going to say in terms of the chess thing, part of why I think that's fascinating is if you think about the game of chess, the reason that you have people that are really good at the game is they're able to see however many moves ahead of the other person. And a lot of these like chess grandmasters and people that are, you know, whizzes at the game can see like 20 moves ahead and can plan out their entire strategy based on every possible combination and move that the other player is going to make. And so to me, that says a lot about Lena's ability to strategize and like think, 10 steps ahead of somebody else. And it also makes me wonder if she, if she isn't going to be full evil, if she's going to find ways to manipulate a situation to work in her favor, which I think 
that's not like to me that's not an entirely evil trait um but it would be interesting because i think she's got the smarts and i would really like to see that play out on the show and maybe the audience is seeing it in a different way because you see that after the episode and it's right after she sees kara so you're like oh you know she's gonna you know she's gonna be you know a villain towards kara but maybe we're seeing it in a different way like maybe she's gonna do this in a grander scheme for Cadmus or whatever, you know, so that, that could be interesting. Yeah. And it sounds like the way that they talk about Lex, like we haven't really seen him aside from young flashback Lex, but the way that they talk about him on Supergirl, it almost sounds like he was kind of conquered by his own ambition and his own like obsession with stuff. And that's part of the reason for his downfall so that almost, like, to extend, extend the metaphor of the chess game, it's like, well, maybe Lena is going to find a way to succeed where Lex failed because mm-hmm. she knows how to think five steps ahead. And Lex was more focused on, like, achieving, you know, an immediate goal or something. That would, that's how I would interpret the whole thing. I would actually like to see something like that because I, I think Lena has just been kind of uh, reactionary for a lot of what we've seen of her. She's she's kind of trying to build up the the company to be a better representation of what a Luther is. And so I, I just would like to see Lena be able to see kind of the bigger picture and be able to move steps ahead, steps ahead of people. Maybe she'll do that with her mother. Maybe that's how she gets out of uh, being in Lillian's sphere because she wanted to be done with the Luthers. Uh, you know, when she was testifying at the trial, she thought that that would be her way to to, to just be like, I'm, I'm finished, I'm done. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I would just like to see her, you know, be able to see the bigger picture and see all the pieces on the board. I, I, I would like to, you know, actually see the character do that. Um, so maybe that's coming. Maybe when we saw her pick up the chess piece, that's her deciding to play the game. Ooh, instead like of that. like Ooh. instead of just you know reacting to what happens with her family and also I think a lot of it like I don't know if this was an acting choice I almost feel like as the character she felt she felt like she was internalizing a lot of things and I almost wonder if that like emotion wise and and kind of holding back and not getting very not opening up a lot like I think we saw her do that a lot with Kara in the episode but Overall, she's not a very emotional person, and I think she's that's part probably part of growing up as a Luther. Like she probably had to repress a lot of that stuff, especially with a uh, mom like Lillian. <laughs> you know, like I'm sure she was like, oh, you know, weakness or whatever. So it, it's interesting. Like I, I'm, I am considering whether or not her looking at the chessboard and maybe even the flashback is her having a memory of that. And that moment and just and realizing like, oh, yeah, that's right. I I am good at this game. Like maybe I should maybe I should start playing it again. You know, I like that. Uh, Lena's getting in the game. I like that a lot. And we also we talked a little bit about Lillian. And I think I would like to talk more about Lillian, but we can kind of get there as as we (laughs) we progress, because I always have lots of things I want to say about Lillian Luther. Um, but we saw that Metallo was kind of in the mix here, and um, he had some things going on in the episode, and I, I, I feel like we should talk about him a little bit. Um, Kat, 
what are your thoughts on this interpretation of Metallo for Supergirl and what he was doing in the episode, kind of how he was sort of almost a lackey for the Luther family? What did you think about all that? I like that he was kind of a like um, a tool that the Luther family was using. And one thing I love about Supergirl, that if you compare it to like Flash and Arrow, I think Flash and Arrow are not great at the villain of the weeks. They're always just like, oh, they're just kind of there to punch. But I think with Supergirl, they they bring back villain of the weeks and they actually have character and, and they're a rogues gallery. And that's something we have with Metallo because we already know a bit about him from the beginning of the season. So it's okay to kind of use him as a tool because that's, or as a pawn, you know, more chess I, references. I, yeah. Um, so... I, I like that. I think it fit the episode. It doesn't mean he's a bad character because he didn't, you know, have his own motives. But his motive was to follow the Luthers. So I I think they fleshed him out really well here. And I hope we get to see him more because that's some an aspect I love about Supergirl. Do you, do you think he's he's gone? No, at, at I, the end of this episode. I, I think he'll be back, even though obviously it's he exploded. But I think in some way we'll get a version of Metallo. Maybe mm. it won't be the same one, but I do believe we'll get to see uh, some sort of Metallo again. I, I think that's that's probably a good possibility, <laughs> uh, knowing Cadmus and how they don't really care about people. They just want to uh, do weird things like put kryptonite hearts in them. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Carly, uh, I, this might be a good time to start talking about Lillian because I noticed when you were live tweeting during the episode, um, you had mentioned, I think like I did, how Lillian enjoyed Metallo breaking her out of the trial. Um, what, what were your thoughts on Lillian and how she interacted with Metallo? Oh my gosh, that whole courtroom scene. Like, I think we both reacted to the same line where he, he gets up in front of the, uh, the defense attorney and he's like, allow me to treat you as hostile. It was <laughs> totally cheesy. I don't know if that was supposed to be funny, but I LOL'd. Um, and then the, the scene where... She's just sitting calmly in the courtroom with her hands clasped, smirking while Metallo destroys everything and people are screaming and there's papers flying and she's just sitting there. I was like, I feel like this is, <laughs> this is such a great character moment because you didn't even have to, she didn't have to say a word and you, and it's like her character in a nutshell, like people are in panicked and the whole room's in chaos. And she's like, yep, this is exactly how I planned it would go, <laughs> you know, like, and, and, um, and, and she knows like how to manipulate a situation. Cause they're, they're running out of the courtroom and Supergirl stops them. And Lillian uses Metallo to distract her with that crane, you know, to save people because she knows that Supergirl is not going to be able to help herself. She's got to save the people. Like it's, you know, it's in her, it's in her being. She can't not save people. You know, if she, if, if it comes between letting Lillian get away and saving like 20 people or however many it was on the ground, she's going to save the people every time. I mean, I mean, we're, we're, I'm reminded of her conversation with Monel. Uh, what was it last week, two weeks ago? Uh, save the people. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Number one rule, save the people. Um, I did feel like Metallo was a bit of a pawn to continue the chess metaphor. Um, I, I didn't mind it. I did. I totally forgot he exploded at the end. He did. He did. Rough. He exploded in like a green mushroom cloud. I was like, dang. Um, I think he'll be back though. I almost wonder if like maybe we'll get a Metallo clone. Like maybe Cadmus found a way to duplicate him. 
or, you know, with some genetic Cadmus material. Cadmus is known for cloning. So yeah, that's true. That, that is true. Surprise me. I wouldn't surprise me if we get like an army of Metallo clones at some point. That would be my guess. But who knows? I mean, he's he's just funny, and I like like his British accent. Um, it, it, I always feel like it makes all his little like rye, his little rye delivery like that much better. But I did laugh when uh, James showed up at the women's prison to fight him, like out of nowhere. I was like, this is like Orange is the New Black with Guardian, like just popping up. <laughs> Happen out of nowhere, like, Matello, what are you doing, man? <laughs> yeah, I, I was like, why is why is Guardian hanging out at the women's prison? I don't I don't know what's happening. I think Morgan, my favorite you have part thoughts? of that was, like, yeah, my favorite part of that was, like, when you see, like, they're fighting, and then it, like, cuts to Lena, like, peering around the corner, and all she sees is, like, this green glow, <laughs> and, like, hears, the, like, the sounds of fighting, and she's just like, What? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was a cool shot actually to see the reflection of the the green light. Um, I, I was I was impressed by that shot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I still don't know what I think about the the guardian situation and him tackling Metallo like that because I don't know. Maybe I was putting a little too. I think I was overthinking it because I've always thought because of uh, like Lex Luthor and and it well and you see a Metallo in this episode. He wears a black glove on his hand while he's in prison. And I sort of took that as the kryptonite has given him some sort of radiation that sort of messed with his hand, like Lex Luthor has had on occasion. Um, that was the case in some moments of Smallville. And, and it, I think it's happened in the comics where the kryptonite radiation has, has caused problems for him. And uh, so I, I was sort of overthinking it with James when he gets attacked by Metallo, and he has that little uh, injury on top of his shoulder, and I was like, "Really? That's that's all that you're going to be affected by? It's just like a, you're just scraped. You're just scraped. There's just a little scratch or whatever." And I think uh, Kara was upset too. It was like, "Ah, oh, I kind of wish it was more to prove my point." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw people saying like, "Maybe James should have gotten hurt worse just to prove Kara right." I was like. I don't think anybody really wanted that, though. Not even Kara. Well, no, but I'm concerned. What if he has kryptonite poisoning? Um, but then that's me overthinking it. I think I'm I'm putting too much emphasis. Did they put him kryptonite. in an MRI? Come on. I don't know. I'm I'm just very Check concerned about. I I ha- I'm hyper aware of radiation, so this, this is something that concerns me greatly. Um, but yeah, Guardian. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But at, at <laughs> least at least there were some good. I thought there were some good scenes between Kara and James in this episode. They had a lot of good talks about her friendship with Lena and what that meant, especially like his experience with Clark and Lex. So I thought that that was good. Um, Kat, since we haven't really, we we've talked at length about our feelings about James and guardian this season. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, what were your thoughts about, um, Kara and James and how they've kind of tried to come together about this whole guardian business in this episode? I mean, I think it's better in this episode. I I honestly don't really like James as Guardian. It just kind of feels weird to me. But I'm glad they're not wrapping it up because he's still Guardian. But at least it's not that tension between Kara and James where where they're pretty much in a fight for how many episodes. So I'm kind of glad that's over. But I'm still not really a fan of him being Guardian right now. We'll we'll see if that changes. (laughs) Well, welcome to the club. We're glad to, we're, we're glad to have you. <laughs> um, 
Carly, do you have any f- feelings about Akara and James and how they were kind of getting along in this episode? Yeah, I liked that they, I as much as I did like my Team Supergirl angst, I liked that they made up in a way that felt believable. Um, I mean, it, you never want it to stretch on for too long. And I, I, I liked the part where they were, where Kara just said, can we just go back to being friends and stop trying to, you know, like worry about each other. Can you stop trying to protect each other and just be friends or whatever it was? Um, I don't know. I felt like there was a moment where James looked at her afterwards and I was like, I feel like he's like still in love with her a little bit. Maybe that's Mm. just me. That's how I read that scene. He kind of, there was a moment there was gazing, he (laughs) gazed at her, um, which I would actually be kind of, I almost wish they had done something like that where you there's a reveal like maybe he still has feelings for Kara. I don't everyone know. Everyone loves Kara in this yeah. episode. Yeah, I was, I was about to say, doesn't, doesn't everyone, doesn't right. everyone gaze at her? Jane. Lena had the longest gaze, yeah. okay? No one beats Lena. <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. That whole last scene where they're like talking together, I was like, What's what's happening here? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I was conflicted about was the earlier scene that he, that James and Kara had where they were talking about Lena and just how I, I guess this also plays into Lena being more of a gray area character. The fact that there were other characters that had opposing views on whether or not she was guilty. So you got different perspectives on her, which kind of made it more confusing and I also think James is pulling from his previous experience with Clark and Lex. You know, he he goes into the whole backstory. He's like, oh, well, Clark and Lex were friends for years before anything happened. And I was like, yeah, James, we know. We all watch Smallville. Uh, <laughs> and he said, and then he was said, you know, even, even when Lex started to go evil, like Clark didn't want to see it. But again, I think part of that is like the Kryptonian you know, these super, these Supergirl, Superman, they want to see the best in everybody. So like, they're gonna, you know, even if, even if things are going bad, they're going to try to have faith in somebody. So I think that's part of it. Also the fact that they were friends for so long, like it's really hard sometimes to, to give up on someone like that. Um, so I think James is pulling from his past experience with Lena, but I also think, you know, it wasn't really fair of him to judge because Lena's a completely different person. Like she's mm. not, just because she's a Luther in name, you know, and blood now, as we know, but you know, it, that's, that, that doesn't define her. And so that's where I was like, I, I had a, a bit of a problem with the fact that Carl was the only one that was trying to have her friends back. Like I know not everybody else is as close to Lena as she is. And Lena herself even admits, she's like, I've never had a friend like you before. Like, I've probably never had a friend, period. <laughs> if, this <is> what <laughs> friend, if this is what friendship is, like, I've probably never had a real friend, which made me so sad for her. Oh. Um, you know, but I was like, really? Every, like, even John Jones is like, you know, oh, she's she's a bad person. I was like, come on, somebody's got to be a little bit. I was and like, also no, the, not like, John. You know, like, the video footage, I was like, Come on, guys. Video footage can be manipulated. It's not overwhelming evidence. I, was like, and then the I know. I was like, you don't even need superpowers for like, that. <laughs> when cracked the code later when he recognized the cyborg Superman, you know, whatever the, the signature was on it. I was like, come on. Like, you got, you should, you of all people should know there's a way to, like, hack video footage. <laughs> just to make it look like somebody was in a place that they weren't. So that was my only little, like, nitpick on the whole thing. But I guess they were trying to... I don't know, maybe like play up the fact that 
Lena's not completely good. I don't know. Yeah, that that bothered me too, especially when they're having like that argument, um, Kara and James, and and James was like, "Well, she turned in her own mother," and Kara was like, "Her mother was gonna kill like right. everybody, <laughs> all the aliens," and he was yeah, like, "Well, how do you trust somebody who's like gonna turn on their own mom?" Right. And Kara's like, "Again, I would have died, and <laughs> all so. of us would have died." And he was like, "Yeah, but like." But like you respect your moms, <laughs> I was like, no. How does this doesn't make any sense? Like lest we forget, she's responsible. You know, that's what she's in court for is being <laughs> responsible for the Medusa virus. And he's trying to make it sound like she's a bad person for turning on her mom. First of all, not her real mother. Second of all, <laughs> I feel like it's almost more brave of Lena to turn her mom in because she could have used like family if she was closer to Lillian. She could have used, you know, family loyalty as a reason to not turn her in and like Lillian would still be at large. So, James, take a seat. Wynn would have done the yeah. same thing with his dad. And then what What would James say? Wynn, that's your dad. What are you going to do? That's your dad. You just got to let him murder people with toys. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Stop ruining his fun. <laughs> it's so funny. I, like, there were so I felt like there were so many Smallville shout outs um, in this episode, especially for somebody who um, watched so much so much so much Smallville was uh, <laughs> for me. I was like, oh, maybe it was all worth it. But uh, <laughs> it, it reminded me so like I was getting Smallville flashbacks because this is something that used to happen in Smallville all the time. Like Lex would like rescue a kitten from a tree and they'd be like, why didn't you? also rescue that other kitten like, there was no other kitten and then they're like you are a bad person and he'd be like but i saved the kitten like it was like no matter what that character did like it was always like looked at nefariously or like held against him that he was a luther and they were like clark you can't trust him he's a luther and clark was like but i love him so uh, this this whole storyline with Lena and and Kara reminds me of Smallville so 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 much. And I think and, like Smallville, the parts of Smallville I like the best too. So I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> the beginning parts. And I think with the Smallville aspect, like seeing Lionel was really weird. I'm like, but but yeah. that's not why is he I was bald? like, how, how are you not gonna get John Glover? Like you I know, always so get weird. John Glover. <laughs> I understood, but it was just, like, so weird to, like, hear his name and just, like, with, I mean, you've seen different versions of Lex. you kind of seen different versions of these characters, so it's not as weird. But Lionel, it's like, no, you, you'd need to have. I, I know. I feel, I feel like John Glover is, like, the definitive. I feel like you go Glover, you go nothing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he he did look, uh, they, they visually portrayed him differently on Supergirl than they did in, on Smallville because Glover had that you know beautiful luscious hair except for in, at the he end did. of se- at the end of season three where he had it all shaved off. But uh, Lionel in this episode was bald like many people expect of Lex Luthor and uh, Lex little Lex had curly hair um, and it was not red which I was a little surprised by. Um, but there there were some differences there. Um, yeah, so the the thing with James, uh, the only thing that bothered me about James, surprisingly, the only thing that bothered me about James in this episode, <laughs> other than the kryptonite poisoning concern, uh, was the fact that he, didn't he say something like, you know, I don't need your protection, Takara? And I was like, well, what if a building is collapsing on top of you? I think <laughs> you might want to cool it. You might want to just kind of 
keep keep that humility in check, uh, buddy, because you might need her one day. <laughs> so that was the only time I was like, okay, James, you need to you need to shut your trap. But otherwise, I really liked him in this episode. I thought he was good. And I was glad that they walked back the fight, but I still think that the show is going to have like a structural issue with the fact that like he's just like a regular guy fighting crime. He's like a street level superhero and she's Supergirl. And I still don't know how those two things coexist on the same show. Well, there are always going to be thugs that you need to beat up who don't have superpowers. <laughs> it's I mean, true. There, there's a, there's always going to be uh, somebody there that he can, he can take down with his shield. There's, there's always going to be a women's prison he can break into. <laughs> yes. They're, they're all they're, <laughs> Technically that's probably true. There always will be a women's prison. Um, and, uh, the other big aspect of this episode was the Cara Monel stuff and, and sort of the leap that Cara takes at the end, uh, where she kind of confronts her own feelings about what's going on between them. Uh, Kat, what are, what are your feelings about Cara and Monel in this episode? I, uh, you know, I like Monel as a character, but I, I don't know how to feel about the roman- uh, romantic aspect of it. I feel like it's a little bit too soon. It feels a little rushed. Like, I, I like that Kara, like, standing up for herself and saying, oh, you know, I could have this. You know, I'm allowed to be in a relationship, which I like. But it just, it feels a little weird, honestly, um, with Monel. But I'm, obviously, it didn't even end up, uh, they didn't end up kissing in the end because you have, I never could pronounce his name. If anyone on this show can pronounce his name, the the Mr. Whatever his name Mr. is. Mix um, yes, Pitalik. Mix the yes. Uh, <laughs> um yeah. he shows up in the end. Yeah. Um and so we'll, we'll see what happens with their romance. But I, I do like Monel, but I think it's a little bit too soon. I actually would like to see a bit more build up if they wanted to go this direction. Uh Carly, I'll I'll throw it over to you now. Do you what what are you, what are your strong thoughts about <laughs> what went down in this episode for Cara and Monel? So I think I finally figured out what my biggest problem with the storyline is. And it happened in the last scene, which I watched. I actually ended up catching the last scene on Twitter. Oh first no. Because somebody posted a video of it, so I was like, oh okay, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> so it was the, I watched the last I watched the last caramel scene and um, <laughs> and I guess I guess my biggest problem in addition, like I know they keep saying, oh, it's a slow burn with the caramel stuff. And then she gives the whole speech to Monel and, and she's like, oh, you know, I wasn't sure if I could juggle being a superhero and having a normal life, blah, blah, blah. And then, and now she's like, maybe I can have it all. And I'm like, I'm sitting there and I'm realizing like, but wasn't that the whole journey of season one was trying to figure out how to be a superhero and have a normal life. And now we're 12 episodes into season two and you're, and now you're kind of realizing this. And, and it also like, it, it, it made the sloppiness of how they, wrote away Kara and James like that much more apparent to me because I was like you like, the whole thing of season one was Kara trying to figure out how to be Supergirl and be Kara and then at the end of season one she's like okay I can be in a relationship with somebody now like you know James isn't with Lucy anymore we can be together and literally the first episode of season two they break they, they broke up the characters after an entire season of them like will they won't they 
And then it was like, we're going to start dating. And then an episode later, we're broken up. And it, and it was never like referenced again. Like, I think this is the first time that Carl has even said anything about trying to like date James before, which I don't even think you can really call it a relationship because it was one episode and they didn't even go on a date. I don't think they even went on a date, right? They, no, I, I don't think they I did. I don't think they did. I don't remember that. So, <laughs> yeah, so, she was like, she was like, I, I was like giving up on love. I was like, love? You didn't even go out with him. Like, you didn't even go out with him. Like in the comics, she doesn't really have like that destiny type love. So I think it's them figuring out what's her destiny love. Don't know if it's Monel or not, but I think that's the hardship with the show right now. They thought it was uh, James they're like no it's a Monel maybe it's like I think they're really having a hard time because it's the, the comics never really had that right and know. like we've seen Kara go on dates like she she had that one really bad blind date in the pilot I remember the guy was mm-hmm. a jerk and like left her at the bar or whatever then she went on a date with she went out with Kat's uh son for a little bit right mm-hmm. And then I think that was it really until James and, and then, you know, yeah, this is like, I feel like this is the first time Kara even brought up the whole James thing. And I don't know. I also have a hard time with her calling him, uh, an arrogant dude, bro. And then also like being like, but I'm still into you in the same scene. I'm like, dude, bro is not a compliment. <laughs> like it just didn't, it, I don't know. It just, it felt, it still felt like it was at odds with her character. And like almost as if it was Kara herself still wrestling about whether or not she wanted to be with Monel after all. Like, I don't know if maybe she was kind of like, well, I still don't really like you very much, but oh well, let's go for it. Because <laughs> that's how it came across to me. I was like, I don't know if I, like, if I thought somebody was an arrogant dude, bro, I don't know if my first, if my first instinct would still be, but I want to be with you. I don't know. That's, but that's kind of, I don't I, I, I still feel very, like, not, I don't know. I don't hate the pairing. I just, I just don't know how I feel about how it's been written so far. I'm like, we're 12 episodes into season two and I don't feel any better about it. I don't know. I don't feel worse. I just don't feel better. So I don't know what that (laughs) says. (laughs) It, It hasn't won you over just yet. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's fair. I, I personally took what she said about the dude bro thing. And then her whole speech was that, the they were kind of outlining it as she thought that about Monel and over the course of their experience together she started to see that he wasn't what she thought he was. And so I I personally thought it was a really nice scene. I, I thought the the way they connected and, and the way I'm I'm a sucker for vulnerable Kara because personally I like to be able to relate to Supergirl and when she has fears and she has problems and she has things she you know she has to really be brave about and confront I'm like oh I feel like I I know you because that's me sometimes so I I like getting to see her uh be open about that kind of stuff and so it I thought it was really nice scene because I think she started to realize that her judgments because she she prejudged Monel a lot of the time because of where he was from and who he was and so uh I sort of took that scene as she had seen a change in him over time so I know that some people are having problems with the speed of it or whatever but I actually really think they've for me and 
sort of how I've seen it is that I think they've done a fairly good job of kind of progressing it slowly over over each episode. Uh, for me, I think it's the the best you know quote romantic pairing on the show just just on the basis of how it's written. But I definitely can see why is, why people. Um, have issues with it and, and why it's kind of hard to grasp for some folks. Um, Morgan, do you have any thoughts about the Cara Monel stuff? Yeah, I, I actually liked the way that it kind of played out in this episode. I think that they have been playing it pretty pretty decently over the, the course of the season and, and kind of playing it up and, and not sort of rushing it and kind of building it up. And, uh, you know, I like to see Cara happy. Is Monel my my favorite character on the show no but i did like when uh when she's sort of doing her like little you know feelings declaration at the end and he was kind of like trying to hype himself up and she just kept insulting him like just way undercutting him like by the end of that like speech he was probably like i just feel like i'm a (laughs) dirtbag but but i i did i i liked i liked that the way that they played it and i like that that we find out that his date with didn't work out because he's still kind of not over Kara. And and I like that moment when she was like, I was mad at you. And he was like, but you said you didn't want to be with me. And uh, I mean, I thought that they, they played it pretty well in this episode. Yeah. His date with Eve, who is a graduate from Yale, who knew um, let's, let's not, glo- <laughs> let's not gloss over the fact that Eve went to Miss, Miss Tussmacher went to Yale. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I was really um, affected by the fact that Kara in that scene at the end when she sort of does that, you know, cheesy thing where she walks closer to him so that they can kiss. Um, I, I love the moments when Kara has to make these brave emotional choices and she takes her glasses off. I always, I remember back in season, <laughs> in season one, they did an interview where I think it was Ellie Adler who talked about Anytime Kara takes her glasses off, that's a big emotional moment for her. So I always, since then, have been looking for that. And I, I noticed she did that when, when she was going in for the kiss. She took her, her glasses off, and it was a big deal. And then she, she did her Liz Lemon moment where she said, I think I can have it all. Uh, so I, <laughs> I, uh, I, thought it, I thought it was a good moment. I mean, even if you don't like Kara and Monel together, I think it's a good moment for Kara. And I'm, I'm with you, um, Morgan. I think you said, like, you just want Kara to be happy. That's, that's my thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a Kara happiness shipper. Uh, that's, that's kind of where I fall on the line is that I, I just want to see her happy and, and want what's best for her. And, and maybe if that's Monel, that's great. If it's not, that's great, too. Uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm cheering for her to, to find whatever happiness, uh, awaits her. Um, I guess, uh, we've kind of covered most of the stuff. There was, there was some Alex Maggie stuff in there, but we can get to that, uh, during feedback. Um, but what's everybody's overall thoughts about Luther's? Um, did you like it? Did you hate it? Um, what does everybody think? Uh, Kat, where, where would you, where would you put this episode on, on your scale? I think this is one of the strongest episodes since the return of the the winter hiatus. Um, I feel like just because of the whole James stuff and and Kara, you know, with her group not being able to talk to them and be open to them, um, it's kind of left some uh, story problems. But I feel like here this is one of the strongest episodes, even though I really liked last episode too. Um, but. Yeah, this was such a great Lena episode. It makes me want to see more of her character. I hope I don't think she's a series regular, but it'd be nice if she became her. And um, I don't think Maggie's a series regular either, right? Or is she guest star? 
I think Maggie is, but I don't think Lena is. Well, both of them, it would be nice to see them as series regulars because yes. I think they're they're great. I would, I mean, even Monel, I think they're all three of them were great additions to the show. Um, but yeah, I thought this was a great Luther episode, um, and I think there's just so much more to see with Lena. For sure, uh, Carly, what did you think about this episode overall? Overall, I think it's another strong episode for me. I feel like ever since the show came back from the winter hiatus, it's been really strong and consistent. I don't think there's been an episode I haven't really liked. I mean, little parts here and there, but on the whole, everything's been really solid for me. So very excited. I always like Luther stuff. Lillian's super diabolical. Lena's great. Uh, I always like little cute, moments from Martian Manhunter. He was looking really nice in that t-shirt at the bar. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, I, was, I was looking at those arms. Yeah, he, he, was, he was showing off those guns. He was looking ripped. Um, also a super cute moment when he told Alex that he already knew that she was dating Maggie, but he didn't say anything because it wasn't his place. And I was mm. like, you're such a good space dad. <laughs> it was so sweet. And then it was just like, you know, and then he was like, good for you, Alex. I was like, you're so supportive. I love you. <laughs> That's that whole scene just made me really happy because it was like all of them hanging out together as a group. When they, I hope we get to see like more game nights because I think Car and James make a reference to game night. It's like, oh man, let's have like game night at the bar that we still don't know the name of. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. We don't know the name of the bar. The the unnamed uh, alien bar. That's yeah, what, I that's think what it's we just call it. the alien bar. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's the real name of it. Uh, maybe <laughs> we'll see a sign one day. Yeah, yeah, we're hoping for a name, but until then, I guess we're just going to keep referring to it as the unnamed alien bar. And that's that's actually a really good point, Carly, because like if you go to any any given place, like a restaurant or a bar, on like a Tuesday or Wednesday night, they'll have trivia nights and. Um, karaoke maybe karaoke so i mean <laughs> you could work that into the unnamed alien i'm sure i'm sure aliens like to sing you know uh pat benatar songs too i mean who doesn't uh so morgan what are your thoughts on this episode uh did you like it did you not like it what are your thoughts yeah i love this one too i thought it was such a good episode um I just feel like every every episode, I'm like, no, this one was my favorite. But I just loved all the Luther stuff. Um, it, it had been a while since we'd seen Lena or Lillian. And so having both of them back in the same episode was awesome for me. And then, yeah, and then you get that scene in the bar at the beginning with Maggie and Alex and uh, and Martian Manhunter, like, saying he's going to put his money on uh, on Maggie's girl, I thought was so cute. And... Uh, and and even the Mon- even the the car and the Monel stuff, I think it it played for me not just because I I I I'm sort of neutral on their relationship, but also because it it played as a Cara moment because she was like, no, I'm gonna give this a try and I'm gonna be brave and I'm gonna see where this goes, um, as opposed to playing it as this like grand romantic moment. Um, I think it played more to her like character, um, and I like that. So, yeah, I thought this episode overall was really good. And obviously, at, the more Luthers, the better. Oh, yeah. Uh, the the scene at the very beginning, the 20 years ago flashback, was enough to make me, like, it sold me on the whole episode. The, whole, the rest of the episode could have sucked, but the Luthers at the beginning, and I loved the little touch of Lillian wearing a pearl necklace. 
And I don't know why that made me laugh so much, but pearl necklaces, I always feel like, are like worn by the classiest of ladies, the classiest and the richest of ladies. And so uh, for, for, because Lillian, I just always think of as like, she's just this, you know, wearing black, gonna kill you if you look at her wrong kind of lady. And here she was at the beginning, all prim and proper with a pearl necklace on. And that made me laugh. That was a nice touch. The outfit choice that made me laugh the most, I think, was uh, was Lena's at the end. She's like wearing this like weird peplum, like matrix style leather dress. And I was like, what is what is happening? <laughs> Where are you going? Like, is that like, it's like, you're just talking to, to Cara. It's like Cara was, she found out Cara was coming. She's like, let's put on my weirdest outfit. <laughs> That'll impress her. Yeah. See so, yeah, how Cara reacts to that. <laughs> yeah. She, 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 she must have had this? a reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there are some interesting choices, uh, wardrobe wise in this episode. Um, but yeah, I loved all the Luther stuff. Um, I thought there was some, uh, good character moments for everybody really. And, um, I, I left with one question, uh, because there was a ticker on one of the news reports that said national city seniors question transit infrastructure. And I was like, I want to know more about that story. What's 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 happening there? All, all the all the stories that end up dropped, like the like the pelicans. Part of me wants this to be a mystery. That's like they're dropping <laughs> clues, and maybe the pelicans are somehow connected to this uh, infrastructure thing happening in in National City's transit. And why are the seniors the one the ones who are are all up in arms about this? You know, you I want the I want the season finale to be like a bunch of evil pelicans and like a bunch of evil like seniors like coming <laughs> like coming for national like on a train or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like uh, like it all connects back and you're like, oh my we god, the warned clues were there. you. We warned the clues you. Were here all along. So I don't know. Oh, if, I don't. Yeah. I don't know if I'm just looking for something that's not there. But I like to look at you know <laughs> what do they put on the news. Uh, that might be interesting, you know, because they have to type something. So they, they've got to put something in there. So, you know what, if the the national cities, you know, seniors, if they're getting together and, and speaking their minds about something, good for them. Good for them to care about their city. Uh, <laughs> so so at least, you know, if, if Cara's not going to be speaking up for them like she didn't with the Pelicans, at least the seniors are sticking <laughs> up for themselves. Um, so <laughs> that was the one question I really had. Uh, leaving this episode, but overall, I thought it was an awesome episode, and can't wait to okay. rewatch it. Now that you had your question, I just thought of, I just remembered one of my questions. Uh, when when Caro is talking to Snapper and James, which by the way, no snaps again. Uh, I, I meant to, huh? I meant to calculate uh, our snap watch, like how many how many epi- episodes has it been that he hasn't snapped? While while, while you're talking, I'll look. It up. No, I was just gonna say. So they're talking that scene where they're talking about putting Lena on the cover of the Caco magazine or whatever it is. And then she's and then Cara says she told me on the record that she didn't do it. And I was like, Cara, you weren't interviewing her earlier. Yeah, I I you were talking to her as a friend. You were talking to her as a friend. And Lena actually says, Cara, uh, why are you talking to me like a journalist right now and not as a friend? She's like, I know, I'm sorry. I'm like, that was not an interview, Cara. When she's yeah, like when she when she comes in the room, she's like, are you here like as a journalist? And she's like, no, I'm here as a friend. But also, everything is on the record. (laughs) Cara needs to take some journalism classes. (laughs) Like, and she raises her hand. 
are you allowed to interview your friends and say it's it's um that it's a you know it's I'm coming in as a journalist so I'm not actually your friend what do we do here so I could see that happening but uh yeah I feel yeah. bad I think Kara needs to also go for friendship lessons <laughs> <laughs> it's just like contradictory for her to tell Lena oh no like I'm sorry I didn't mean to interrogate you like I'm here as your friend and then turn around and tell Snapper that Lena said on the record I'm like no, no, no! You weren't interviewing her. That was a that was a conversation between friends. That doesn't trying to save her though. So I guess if I, anything, oh, I was just like, Cara, you are a good friend, but you are not a good journalist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there was a there was a point in the dealing with Snapper, who, by the way, has not snapped in six episodes. So that's that's our snap watch. <laughs> um, it's been six snap episodes. Watch. Snap watch. Since she's up twenty seventeen. Um, is it like he's he's appeared in six episodes? No snapping. Okay. Uh, so the snap watch okay, 2017 continu- continues. I oh. feel like we need like one of those like 24 like countdown clocks. Like ching, <laughs> ching. <laughs> it has been 680 days with no snaps. I don't know. Oh, it's I, we may never get it. I'm I'm not getting my hopes up. But it's like uh, an accident clock on a work site. It's like there have been. 12 days without a snap. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, Snapper, like, they have this whole discussion about the Lena story, and it seemed to me that Kara was upset that the Lena story was being talked about, and I was like, I know she's your friend, but this is news. Lillian, <laughs> you know, Lena Luther, they've, been that, they've had that whole Lillian Luther trial, and then Lena Luther is also arrested. That's news. I don't care right. if she's your friend. That is something that they have to talk about. So th- I was sort of on Kara's side a little bit because she she tells Snapper, like, if you put that out there, it's out there and you can't take it back. And so sometimes I have a problem with stuff like that on the Internet where, you know, somebody makes some outrageous rumor and it gets spread everywhere and it's not even true, but it gets spread. And so I, I can see Kara's side of it with that. But then at the same time, like Snapper is doing his job whatever this weird Catco magazine news job is. I still don't understand. I don't, I still don't understand how Catco magazine and, and in right. the news works. But that was the other thing that I was laughing about because she was kind of like, I, I definitely understood her point, which is like, once it's out there, it's out there. It's hard to, to take it back. But also what you think that this news about like one of the most prominent people being arrested is not going to be in any other newspapers right. or on TV or like, like if you guys hold the story, that's it. It's dead. <laughs> like it was, it, I, it was weird that they didn't even bring up like, well, the competition's going to have it anyway. So we might as well put it out there too. I feel like they never bring up the competition in the city though. They always bring up the daily planet, but what's the competition like in, in their city? I don't know. Did they ever mention it? No. I mean, it's just cat. No. It's just Catco. Maybe, maybe they don't have any competition, and really, if they're the only ones publishing it, then it won't be out there. <laughs> they're the oh, they're the only news outlet in town. <laughs> I mean, they don't have a newspaper. Yeah, they have to have a newspaper. I mean, only magazines. Catco worldwide <laughs> only magazines. media, right? That's right. Catco should have a newspaper. What is she doing working for the magazine? Like, I didn't understand. I'm so confused because they talk about don't they talk <laughs> don't they talk about a cover that they yeah have they to- talk about. Yeah, I think it's a. Ma- I was a little confused too because it always sounds like they're working for a newspaper. Yeah, but then you always see these like these magazines. I'm like, oh yeah, 
But like, I feel like also when you're working for a magazine, it's more like feature pieces. Like, yeah, not, right. you're not doing daily, like where you can't do breaking news. Right. Yeah. So it's a little weird, but <laughs> we'll go with it. <laughs> I mean, I feel like they should be doing stuff for a website, maybe not for a magazine. That would make a little more sense to me. But, yeah. You know, maybe one day. Maybe they maybe that they have a digital uh, part of the of the magazine. I don't know. It's very strange, but it was an interesting uh, dialogue about news that they had. Um, but I think that's going to do it for our discussion about the episode. So let's find out what our listeners had to say about Luther's. Uh, at Kaya underscore Matsui says Lena can outplay Lex. What? Can we have her as series regular, please? <laughs> By the way, baby Lena was the cutest. She was so cute. <laughs> at patty mello 20 says i was just beginning to accept that we were not going to get bad lena and then they dropped that chess scene with lex well played at rantasma one says i want lena luther to be gray not good or evil just self-serving at emo pengu says heart broke for lena luther her situation is a textbook case of abuse poor lena she tries so hard at Paradox Kid says, great scenes between Lena and Lillian. Luther's are masters at emotional chess. Glad Guardian was back in the fold this week, too. At Swara Sally One says, Lena Luther is awesome. Loved seeing her and Kara's friendship deepen on Valentine's Day, no less. And also now, <laughs> also now ship caramel. At Madtown Davidson says, what's stored in the mystery cube from Lex's vault? My long shot guess, the anti-life equation. Okay, Kat, do you know much about the anti-life equation? I don't actually. Um, because I, I know it's associated with dark side, but I never really like knew. I've never really liked that much of dark side. So I don't, I don't know much about it either. Yeah. I've never read any stories where they kind of deal with the anti-life equation. And so, uh, when this tweet came in, I looked it up and I actually laughed because there is a legit equation. (laughs) Um, and I, I I didn't expect, I didn't expect there would be math involved. Um, and so, okay, let me see if I, if I can get this right. So the, it looks old school though, looking at the comics it was in, like, it looks like it was a lot from like older comics. So it's not something they've recently done. Yeah. So, so if you're wondering what the, um, the anti-life equation is, (laughs) it's a long one. So good. (laughs) I, I, I don't know that I could, I don't, I, I can't make sense of this math, but it's loneliness plus alienation plus fear plus despair plus uh, self-worth divided by uh, mockery, divided by, con- <laughs> divided by condemnation, divided by misunderstanding, times guilt, times shame, Uh-oh. times failure, times judgment, and or, or it says something like judgment equals Y, Y equals, or no, I'm getting myself confused. Y equals hope, N equals folly, love equals lives, life equals death, self equals dark side. And I was like, what is this? Um, (laughs) Answer is dark side. So um, I don't know if that's mathematically sound. I don't think you can do that in math. Um, I know letters exist in math, but I don't think on words like that you can uh, divide in in times. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so maybe Lex has figured out the anti-life equation. I think that's a, a pretty cool speculation. I would be more into learning about this. 
Uh, just like, get that math, like how to yeah. do it. That's what I want to learn. If, if someone wants to assist me in learning the math of the anti-life equation, I need a tutor because I don't understand. Rebecca's going to have like a big blackboard, like a, in a beautiful mind. It's going to be all covered with <laughs> the equation. I wonder what that class would be named. Like, would it be a full on class, like a whole semester of learning this one equation? I think it would be. <laughs> I think it, I think it would almost have to be like a major, like a, a collegiate a whole major, major. Just a whole the, major, yeah, or, or at course. least a minor. Your major is math, but your minor is the anti-life equation. Okay, okay, I, I, I feel that. Yeah, yeah. At some point, my house is going to become like one of those string theory things, where like there's like string, you know, hanging from all parts of my house, like trying to connect to different things. <laughs> it must be hard to get a job in that, though. I'm sure the market is <laughs> the market for anti-life equations. <laughs> it's very specific. It it's is like that. It's like that meme with Charlie Day from "It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia," where he's like, tr- he's got the crazy eyes and he's like trying to figure out the conspiracy theory. He's like, they always <laughs> yeah. they always use it for people that are like, <laughs> maybe maybe that's what happened to Lex. Maybe that's what maybe oh. that's why he's gone. Maybe yeah. he's, that's why he's crazy. That's why he went crazy. He yeah. was trying to figure out the anti-life <laughs> equation. He's never coming back. <laughs> His brain is now fried. Um, so I like that. I like that Madtown Davidson. I like that speculation. Uh, at the postite says, I adore Brenda Strong so much. Also love seeing Alex's mystery man be a cop. Would love more of that, please. I just want to. I just want to say something really quick though about the whole Alex Maggie thing I thought she already told everybody that that they were dating I also thought that like I seriously had a minute of what do you mean you want to meet meet Matt like uh, Alex's mystery man yeah you know it's Maggie (laughs) I think only Cara knows my my only problem is is that that Maggie knows that Cara is Supergirl, oh, but yeah, I don't know Cara. if Cara knows. No, I'm like, that's the thing we so. need to talk about. Mm. Like, does Cara <laughs> know? Like, I want to see that interaction. Like, every episode I question that. I'm like, Wasn't Maggie Cara- just kind of wandering into the DEO at one point? A couple yeah, of times, it's so, right? It's pretty weird. I don't know. <laughs> well, that was the whole thing, like... I don't know. I guess I thought that maybe they did it off screen and Alex told when James. I was like... I thought, I don't know, like, I guess they were just kind of keeping it a secret and, like, sleeping over at each other's house and stuff. I don't know. And well, they, I guess like, and James uh, don't go over Alex's well, apartment. And, so and I, men are oblivious, you know? They probably, <laughs> well, she was probably talking about them going to the Bare Naked Ladies thing. You know, Wynn was within earshot. I'm sure, I'm sure they wouldn't have paid attention to that kind of stuff anyway. Like, it would they probably would have been like, what? You're going to a concert? Oh, with your friend Maggie. Okay. See, so that uh. makes sense. So now we just need to know, does Kara know that Maggie right. knows? I don't think so. I don't think I don't think that's a conversation that's happened yet. Like they haven't closed the loop on that. They did yeah, they did address about- the Guardian thing though. James yeah. asks 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 that's a harder word to say, Kara about if Maggie knows Guardian and she says no. So they, right. did, they did address that. Okay. Uh, at Chris Fundalinski says, Brenda Strong plays Lillian so damn well, she steals every scene with such evil goodness. Mm-hmm. At Mary No Lamb says, not sold on Kara slash Monel. I want them to develop her outside of romance. She doesn't have a strong character arc this season. Uh, at Evil is Answers says, I thought it was going to be the Sanford's Valentine's episode, so I'm sad <laughs> to be deceived by that description. 
at Headpine says, the episode description was wrong. I was hyped for Santa's <laughs> Valentine's feels, but alas, only got Maggie's staple three minutes screen time again. It wasn't yeah. totally our fault. No, the network, I think the network got their You were deceived by up. the CW, not by us. <laughs> <laughs> we have corrected it. The, the network got their summaries mixed up, I think. Because uh, it looks like we're going to have Valentine stuff next episode. Right. Uh, at Coffin Roman says, I'd like to be arrested by Maggie Sawyer. <laughs> like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Hope to see more of her doing her job. Oh, and Brenda Strong is a powerhouse. Uh, at Steel Stan says, Metallo loses his heart over Supergirl. Kara wins game night. Lena wins chess. Snapper wins news. Loses snaps. <laughs> I mean, can, but can you say he lost them if he never? He, he's never had, had them. Began with? Never had them. <laughs> Prove he has to wrong. discover them first. <laughs> <laughs> Prove us wrong, Supergirl writers. Write the snaps. Write the snaps. <laughs> we ask so little. <laughs> yeah, we're easily <laughs> pleased. I mean, look at Bryant for Pete's sake. <laughs> take much. Uh, at Batman Mirror 1989 says, question, would you rather see present day Lex in season two or Lena turn evil? Okay, lightning round for everybody um, answering that question. Would you rather see a present day Lex in season two or Lena turn evil? Kat, what's your answer? Present day Lex. Carly, what's your answer? Uh, Lena turn evil. Morgan, what's your answer? Present day Lex. I'm going to go Lena turn evil. I oh, like, we're split. 50-50. <laughs> I, 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 I like that question. It sort of reminds me of, I don't know if y'all have watched uh, Amy Poehler's Smart Girls at all. I haven't. You should watch it if you never have watched it. She, um, she interviews... Uh, like young women it used to be like really little girls but now I think it's kind of older like teenagers but at the end of the episode she would ask them a silly question like who do you prefer uh you know Taylor Swift or Justin Bieber and she would treat it as like the most like the serious question most serious question in the world and I think we just had like a smart girls moment that makes me happy um so good good question we should do more lightning round. Those are fun. Yeah, I know. That's right. fun. All right. Well, then I'm like, I don't have to explain myself. <laughs> <laughs> you can just make a choice. <laughs> no, it's fun. No, because then you don't, then you also don't have, don't have, really have time to think about it. Like you just kind of have to go on your instinct, which I think is kind of fun. Okay. I'm running it down. More lightning rounds. Got it. <laughs> more lightning yes, rounds. <laughs> have listeners send in lightning round questions. Please send fun. us lightning round questions. Please. Um, we have an email from Aaron who writes, I'm writing to say I'm getting very upset with the writing this season on Supergirl and it's making me sad. Kara has been pushed to the background of her own show and her main plot has been a derivative cliche train wreck, yeah, train wreck of a romance storyline. Kara hardly ever has time to herself that's not about Monel. Why aren't we seeing her work at journalism? Why isn't Snapper spending time with her and teaching her? I'm tired of amazing women like Cara Danvers settling for less because we can't imagine better for her. No, she has to fix this guy who has almost no redeeming qualities, spending her time and energy just getting him to be a decent human being. And we're supposed to ship this and swoon because he's good looking and they play a little music and turn the lights down. So does anybody have any thoughts about this email? My guess is they don't like Monel. (laughs) (laughs) It's a good point. But at the same time, Kara really needs to work on her journalism, as we learned in this episode. (laughs) (laughs) 
And maybe if she worked on her journalism with Snapper, he would finally snap. Maybe he would. So two for one. Yeah, I think there is something to be said about how, like, there are parts of Kara's life that aren't being, you know, paid attention to by the the screen time. Some things have to go in order to pursue other parts of her story. Um, But I've actually really enjoyed, I know, Carly, you mentioned before about how season one was sort of her being Supergirl and Kara. But I think the show, I think the writers consider season one her becoming Supergirl. And so season two, I think... I think I heard that in an interview or read it somewhere where they they are now using season two as her trying to figure out how to be Cara Danvers. So um, if that's what they're doing, I can kind of see it. So I think she's trying to figure out how to how to do some of that stuff. But I would agree that like part of being Cara Danvers is being a good journalist. So um, they could uh, put a little more effort into that part of her character. But I, I can see I can see things both ways. Yeah, I mean, I think. I think part of the reason we're seeing the romance a lot is because Monel's been on season two a lot. So like his interactions have been predominantly with Kara. I mean, we don't really, that's another thing. We don't really see him interact one-on-one with the other characters, which I think is kind of a shame. Like I would love to see his dynamic with, I mean, we, he did a little bit with Wynn, right? They went out drinking No, yeah. that one, that one time. But like we don't, yeah, and, and, and I really, really like that anything. dynamic too. Yeah, like he hasn't really had a lot of good buddy time with Win, and like maybe it would be interesting to see him and James do some more stuff and kind of have like butt heads a little bit because we know James doesn't really like him, and maybe Alex a little bit, and like maybe a little bit with John Jones. It's just, it's like now it's I'm having this like dawn, like realization dawning that he doesn't really spend a lot of time with the other characters. Like it is mostly with Kara. So maybe that's why it does feel like it's like a main plot for her is because she's the one he's spending. He's spending most of his scenes with her. And we have a question sent in from the Flyby podcast asking, quote, how on earth did Jimmy as guardian show up at the jail in time to fight Metallo without Supergirl knowing Metallo was at the jail? James gets all of his tips from Wynn who you would think would have learned his lesson from the previous episode, unquote. I guess that's in reference to him not, uh, when not telling Supergirl when he knows something's up and they kind of get in a little bit of trouble. So does anybody have an answer to that? Do, do we have any speculations on on uh, how, uh, how Guardian showed up at the women's prison uh, to fight Metallo? Is, was that a wise choice for him to go? I guess that's another question you could ask. Would... What, would, was that a good thing for him to do, to go out by himself to fight Metallo? I mean, I don't think it was a good thing, but I I think just for story reasons, they had to do it. But uh, on James' side, I, I still think he has a lot to learn with being a superhero. Maybe when somehow used the kryptonite. They had a whole bunch of that science jargon in the episode about the kryptonite and the tracing of the kryptonite. And I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Um, but maybe he was doing some of that for Jean, and he saw Metallo at the prison and told James to go out there. Um, otherwise, we don't know, because they didn't address that. He just showed up. Yeah, that was a weird episode plot hole, I think. All right, well, before we wrap up the listener feedback section, let's get to some listener voicemails. Hello, it's me, Dom, Derek Stokely, and my thoughts on tonight's episode is this. 
It was very intriguing about um, the relationship between Lena and her mother Lillian. But I still believe that Lena is going to, by the near to the end of the season, Lena is going to deliver a fatal blow to Lillian. This is my this is my theory, and um, things are going to change by the end of this season. A lot of things are going to be happening with Katie McGrath's character, and she is going to evolve in such a way people will not believe. Thank you. Hi, Supergirl Radio. This is Greg H. again, and I am calling in about the TV episode titled Luther's. I want to say that I'm not shocked that Lena still a good person, or she stayed a good person all the way through the entire episode instead of being a villain. I do feel as though the transition for her to become a villain is still going to happen later, especially after the reveal that she's an actual Luther by blood and not just a name only. I was also happy to see Cara and James make up by the end of the episode, and even happier to see Cara and Monel almost kissed at the end until Mr. Mixel Pitalik comically interrupted them. I'm telling you, it's almost as if you heard Carly's prayers right before the big moment and intervened. What can I say? I don't. I didn't know what I wanted to preview more, or review more, uh, this episode or the promo for next week. Uh, that that actually was the funnest promo for an upcoming episode I've ever seen ever. Can't wait to watch it next week. All right, I'll see you all later. Talk to you all later. Have a good evening, everyone. Bye. Well, ladies, this is Mike Pasquat. I love what they're doing with Lena Luthor. I mean, it's almost the same type of thing that they did with Tess Mercer, who ended up being Lena Luthor on Smallville. She ended up in the comics being a good, a relatively good girl, you know. Uh, now, her on a TV show, her mother is trying to pull her into being a very, very bad girl. And maybe that's the start of it is showing the chess game and her playing chess as a young, young child with her father or Lex or whomever that was. But we got to see what happens. And maybe the chess game is not being going to be played by her, between her and Supergirl, maybe the chess game is going to be played between her and her mother. And possibly if we ever, if we ever see uh, Lex in a series between her and Lex. But we'll have to see on that. I love seeing the, the battle suit. I love seeing what they do, doing and I cannot wait to see Mixia Stitlick. Well, that's going to do it for our listener feedback. Um, thank you, Kat, so much for coming back to Supergirl Radio and talking some actual uh, Supergirl TV stuff with us and for helping us to discuss this episode, Luther's. So um, how can our listeners find you on the Internet? Well, thank you for having me on, as you might hear a printer in the background. Um, <laughs> but you can find me on my YouTube channel, Comic Uno. Um, is it, do you hear a printer or no? All right. No, it's done. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Um, you can find me on my YouTube channel, Comic Uno, and uh, also I have a group group YouTube channel, Comic Frontline. You could go check out. We do two podcasts over there, uh, Media Madness, which I usually uh, say what day and time it will be on on my Twitter, at Comic Uno. 
Uh, and also our comic book podcast, uh, Frontline Live, which is on Tuesdays at like 9.30ish. We usually go on p.m. Eastern time. Of course, I am on the Legends of Tomorrow podcast with Morgan and um, Amy. Amy's not here, but um, we have fun on that podcast. Uh, also, uh, you go check out my comic book, Like Father, Like Daughter, um, which we have our Kickstarter going on right now for issue four. Do we know if Amy is caught up on Supergirl? I don't know. I think she's like I don't in know. the process. Maybe I know she's seen some of season two. Okay. I think she saw all of season one. I know she saw. I'm pretty sure she saw all of season one. I don't know where she is in season two. Okay, I'll have to check in with her about that because I feel like now we have to have Amy on to to really bring everything full circle with these crossovers uh, that we're doing here with the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. <laughs> maybe, maybe we should just do a full on blown, you know, full blown crossover one day. Um, that would I'm be, game for that. That would be pretty awesome. Okay, all right, I'm going to put that down next to lightning rounds, more lightning round questions. Well, if you would like to contact Supergirl Radio, you can email us at supergirlradio at gmail.com. You can post a comment on our website at supergirlradio.com. If you would like to leave us a voicemail, you can call us at 678-718-7252. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram, all at Supergirl Radio. And you can listen to us on Google Play as well as iHeartRadio. And we have become a literal Supergirl radio on Spotify, so check out our playlist there. And we are also listed on DC's fan page, which you can find at dccomics.com forward slash dc-fans. We are available on iTunes and Stitcher, so if you have time, we encourage you to give us a rating and write a review. And we're a part of the DC TV Podcast Network, so if you also like Gotham, Arrow, The Flash, Legends of Tomorrow, uh, Eyes of Humpy, <laughs> and the DC film... <laughs> I was very subtle there. Uh, <laughs> Big shout out. DC TV shows. <laughs> Subscribe to our DC TV podcast mega feed and follow at DC TV podcast on Twitter and Facebook. Yeah, I was going to change it up a little bit for you, Morgan. But then I was like, no, I think she wants a challenge. I think she still it's true. Wants it's true. Challenge. So um, so I just left it as it's, is. It, it's like it's like I'm training <laughs> for something <laughs> for some and We're not sure what. Just yet, but um, something is coming where you will need this knowledge. Um, well, you one can, day. One, one day. It's coming. Um, well, you can follow me on Twitter at DerbyKid. That's D-E-R-B-Y-K-I-D. And I was also recently on the podcast Holy Batcast, the all-Batman podcast, to discuss the Lego Batman movie. Uh, if you would like to listen to that, it's episode 93 of Holy Batcast, so definitely check that out. Um, I talked a little bit of, you know, about Batman about the, there was even some talk about the Fortress of Solitude and the Phantom Zone. So I got to actually talk about some Supergirl-related items in, adi- in addition to talking about Batman. So that was very exciting. I heard Lego Batman is good. Is it good? <laughs> I thought it was excellent. It is good. I thought it was great, too. I got to see it. I still got to see it. That and John Wick, too. It's on my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at my name, Carly Lane. Uh, I am a casual Tumblr user, so you can follow me there at favoriting. <laughs> I've actually been getting some follows, I think, from our listeners, so that's pretty exciting. Nice. Uh, yeah. I write currently am writing for Nerdist and Sci-Fi Wire. Uh, I have a piece that's going to be coming out on Women Write About Comics soon about Riverdale and how I love Betty and Veronica, and I'm glad that the show is making them friends and not enemies <laughs> uh that's pretty much it most of the time you can just follow me on twitter threading my tweet rants because you always gotta thread them <laughs> that's tweets. what you gotta thread it you gotta thread, you gotta it. thread them 
Uh, you can also find me on Twitter um, threading my rants. Uh, I'm at Mojotastic. That's M-O-J-O-T-S-T-I-C. Uh, you can find some of my writing on Buddy TV. And I'm also um, one of the co-hosts of the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. So you should definitely check that podcast out. What was We're the, really what was organized the, in, on the, the Legends of Tomorrow podcast. Had, <laughs> what was the motto that I came up with, like, last week or the week before? Like, what was it? Watch the show or don't, but definitely listen to the podcast. Yes. I think that was it. I'm pretty sure that was it. Um, that's our motto. <laughs> our tagline. We have a ton of inside jokes that hopefully you guys can follow. <laughs> it's the best. Well, I tell Morgan all the time, Kat, that I, I personally do not watch The Legends of Tomorrow, but I listen to the podcast. Because oh, that's awesome. Because I enjoy the podcasters who do that show. So um, I am one of those people who doesn't watch, watch the show but listens to the podcast. So it's a very effective tagline, I think. It, it, <laughs> it, it works for you. I'm glad Morgan came up with it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you want to hang out for a quick spoiler section, we'll be doing that after our theme music. But until then, I'm still Rebecca Johnson. I'm still Carly Lane. And I'm still Morgan Glennon. And we hope that Cara Danvers can have it all. And we are back. And what you just heard was the audio for what's coming up on Supergirl. The next episode is called Mr. and Mrs. Mix Yes Pitalik. I had to think about that really hard before I said it. Uh, it's it's weird when oh, you're... Oh, God, next week's going to be fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's weird when you look at it, like, in your head, like, you can kind of get it. But then when you look at it and then try to say it, that's where it becomes difficult. It's almost like if you're reading, uh, like, if you've ever done one of those things where, like, the word is red, but it's, like, written in blue... And then you have it's it's trippy. I, I it's very hard to uh, to do for me. But Mr. Miss, Mr. and Mrs. Mixyes Pitalik, I'm gonna have to practice that over the weekend. Um, the official description reads: "Quote when Mr. Mrs. Mr. Messy, I'm not gonna have to practice, <laughs> practice it right now. This is good practice. Mr. Mixyes Pitalik, uh, guest star Peter Gadio, a magical imp, shows up on Earth and declares his love for Kara. She tries to let him down easy, thinking him harmless." However, he decides it's a challenge and starts to wreak havoc on National City. Monel has seen beings like Mr. Ms. Yes Pitalik on Daxum and knows how dangerous they can be. 
he and Kara argue over how to get rid of Mr. Mixtias Pedalik. They put that name <laughs> so in here so many times. <laughs> uh, they argue over how to get rid of Mr. Mis- Mr. Mixtias Pedalik, further straining their relationship. Meanwhile, Ma- Alex and Maggie celebrate their first Valentine's Day together, unquote. So I hope next week. I love week- they add that in the end. Yeah. Too. Yeah. <laughs> I know. We'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah, we're not getting our hopes up. Nobody's hopes are getting up. Um, but yeah, so there's a lot going on next time on Supergirl. So, Kat, in in this description, what what's what's sticking out to you? What are you most excited about? I mean, I am excited for the villain, which I'm not going to say his name because that's not <laughs> happening. Um, <laughs> never. I literally got because I did a review for this on my channel. I got, I think, five tweets. People saying this is how you pronounce it. I'm like, nope, I'm not going to try doing that. <laughs> um, his name's going to be Mr. M uh, when I do a review <laughs> for it. And no, I'm really excited for the absurd absurdity. I think it's going to be a really fun episode and maybe a really unique episode of television in general because you could do so much. Um, twisting and turning we'll say uh with the episode so i am so excited carly what's what's sticking out to you about this episode uh so as we have learned since uh i guess a little bit prior to the teaser coming out uh this episode is co-written by a friend of the podcast sterling gates yay yay <laughs> which he had he had tweeted a thing uh uh, from the Supergirl set saying he was working on something really exciting, like stay tuned. And then I messaged him and was like, I don't know what you're working on, but I'm really excited for it no matter what. And then he actually told me he was writing an episode, but he was like, don't tell anyone. So I, it was a, it was a little bit of a secret. Um, I didn't know it was this episode with uh, Mr. mix a lot. I don't know. I'm not going to try. Uh, <laughs> I like gonna... that. That's a good name for him. <laughs> I'm just going to, do a different M name every time. I'll be like, Mr. Mugatu. <laughs> um, the one thing that, that struck me, because I'm not familiar with the comics version of the character, is he reminds me of Q on Star Trek, which if you're, anybody knows that character, is very much like kind of this omnipotent, like mischievous character. He has what I guess you could consider like magical powers. And he basically just likes to come in and like screw with people and then he always like hits on the captain. So like he hits on Picard and like tries to seduce Janeway during like her show. And he's just like, and then when I saw this, I was like, he's this character's just like Q. He's the Q of Supergirl because he's just coming in and he's trying to hit on Kara. And he's like, I love you, Kara Zorel. <laughs> and she's like, ew, you're weird. <laughs> <laughs> and it cracked me up. And I, and I, I don't know if Peter Gaudio has an accent naturally or if he's kind of like affecting one for the character. But I was like, he's he's I feel like he's the character that thinks he's more suave than he is. Like, I just got that impression because he was like, Carl, I love you. Mm-hmm. And um, and then the other thing I was wondering was I looked up I looked up the Wikipedia page for the character and he literally is an imp. Yes. Like, he's a tiny little like elvish creature with and i was like i wonder if they're gonna make a reference I, i'd be curious to know if they make a reference to his comics appearance like maybe he has the ability to because he can we see him like manipulate where he's wearing a what looks like a super or a superman costume but it's got an m <laughs> instead of the s shield and then like and then he puts Kara in a wedding gown you know 
out of nowhere and all that kind of stuff. So I wonder if he has the ability to change his physical appearance too, like how people perceive him. Cause maybe he really does look like a little imp, which mm-hmm. would be hilarious, but he actually makes himself look like an attractive, an attractive man. <laughs> I just think that would be so funny if they, if they kind of threw something in like that, but we'll see. I'm excited. Yay. Sterling Gates. Congratulations on writing an episode. That's super exciting. Also, we're really going to get Sanders. Valentine's Day, hopefully. Don't don't kill us if it doesn't happen. It's not our fault. It's like two minutes uh, of the episode. Great. Right. They're on well, their Valentine's we, date. We did see this. The, the teaser has Maggie saying, I think that Valentine's Day makes her puke or she's not a Valentine's fan, which makes me wonder if somehow Alex is going to be like, oh, I guess we're not doing Valentine's Day after all. And then Maggie decides to go. And be, and be romantic after all. That they would go be to my- another concert, <laughs> and we actually see them at the concert. <laughs> Look, I when I talked to Sterling Gates about the episode, he was like, "Okay, I'm looking forward to you pre- having theories about everything." And I guess I just predicted you something. Just, I, you just threw. You just I, predicted it. And <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna do it, and I I lied. I guess so. Oh well. <laughs> we'll see if I can't I'm hold right. your superpower in. Look, I, li- I guess I live in his head sometimes. This has been established on Supergirl Radio, so <laughs> that is <laughs> you never true. Us, you never hear us at the same time. That's that's true. We've never seen them in a room together. We've never heard their that's, their yeah. voices t- together. She could be Starling Star- Star- <laughs> Gates. We don't know. Um, <laughs> that's a, that's a theory in and of itself. Um, and I'm glad you brought up uh, the the actual uh, the comic book version of Mr. Mixjespitalik. Um, we will I, I, I've talked kind of talked it over with Carly and Morgan. We're going to try to catch up on some character spotlights probably after the season is over. And I think Mix is going to be one of those characters because he's really he's quite the the fun character. He's been in several different. Uh, incarnations of the Superman mythos. So um, if, if you want to learn more about him, stay tuned, because I think we're going to do that. Um, Morgan, what are you uh, pumped about for this episode? Yeah, I think it sounds like it's going to be a really fun one. And uh, I don't think that we've seen Supergirl re- really go to any, like, zany places yet. I mean, we've had, like, there's always funny lines, and, and it's, a, it's a light show that has, like, a, a lot of humor. But I don't think we've ever seen it go where this episode looks like it's going from just like (laughs) watching the previews. It looks like it's going to like a really strange, like zany place. And I'm excited about that. And also obviously friend of Supergirl radio, Sterling Gates uh, wrote is one of the writers of the episode. So I'm excited to see that also excited to see whether or not Alex and Maggie's Valentine's day ends up in this one. (laughs) Fingers crossed. The finale will be the Valentine's day episode (laughs) we're looking for. (laughs) They've gotten it totally wrong. It's not until the end of the season. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I think this is going to be a really, um, quirky and zany episode. Um, like we talked about, uh, the trailer looked fantastic. It looks like a lot of fun. And I think what's really unique about the way that they're using Mr. Mixez Pilik on Supergirl versus some of the other Superman stuff that I've seen. He was on Lois and Clark. He's on Superman, the animated series. He was on Smallville. Um, those, those were with Superman. And I don't know that you can actually have a storyline like this with Superman. <laughs> um, so, uh, so I think that this is a, this is a unique take that he would want to, uh, marry Supergirl. So I think that's really, 
that's that's going to be fun, and I think that's going to you know obviously play into the Carl Monel romance that they've been building and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm very I'm very excited about this episode. Do you think Monel and Carr are going to get married by the end of this episode? <laughs> that would be crazy. That if they end that up would like going be to Las really Vegas and. <laughs> well, well, no, I think that um, Kara and Mr. McShespitalik might because it's Mr. and Mrs. McShespitalik. That's true. So if any- maybe they're maybe they're trying to tease, they're trying to like say, oh, maybe it's him, but then it ends up being Monel in the end. You never know. But oh. let's hope no one gets married. <laughs> let's hope no one gets married in the end. Uh, I think Cat just threw out a theory. Um, <laughs> we'll see who's who's right. Next. Who's who's going to be right, Carly or Cat? I don't know. Uh, maybe both. They could both be right. <laughs> no, That's only also, only one can be right. I think somebody was uh, smooching win too. So oh, yeah, I don't know who that ah. girl was. Some blonde chica was like smooching win. Yeah, I th- I sort so. of thought it was Kara, but it could no, just be some other so. blonde chick. Maybe it's Eve. Maybe it's Yale it could Yale be Eve. graduate Eve. <laughs> Learn more about Eve in this episode. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we want: is more Miss Tessmacher. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is going to be an awesome episode and, uh, we'll, we'll be back to talk about Mr. Mystic's Pitalik next time. And we'll, we'll definitely all have to practice, uh, saying his name over and over again, but I think that's going to do it for our spoiler section. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back with a new episode discussion next time on Supergirl radio.